I'm Alicia Michalisic-Gonzalez, host of the Real Talk podcast and an emergency doctor with Fituity, a physician-led and owned partnership comprised of doctors, advanced providers, and industry professionals working together to provide compassionate, quality, acute care to patients across the nation. Vituity's number one goal is to be at the heart of better care. But in considering what's important to us and prioritizing the wellness of our clinicians and employees, Vituity has also made diversity a focus of their work. The following episode is brought to you by members of one of Vituity's enterprise resource groups, created to provide support for different demographic groups within our organization. Our hope is to amplify stories from the diverse community of healthcare workers we proudly work alongside, while acknowledging the unfair systems we continue to struggle with in our country, and then work together to change them. This is Real Talk Unplugged. Hi, I'm Melissa Nunez, Manager of Academic and Scribe Recruiting Programs at Vituity and co-lead of WAVE, Women at Vituity Excel. Welcome to Real Talk, a place where healthcare professionals share stories about the human experiences that have shaped and affected their careers working in medicine. In thinking about the human experience, I have the pleasure of taking over the podcast today as part of the Real Talk Unplugged series to discuss one of my favorite topics. Can you guess what it is? Since we're in the midst of the Summer Olympics, let me pose the question this way. Can you name something that isn't an Olympic sport, but feels like an Olympic sport? If you guess breastfeeding, you'd be correct. August is Breastfeeding Awareness Month. The American Academy of Pediatrics and the World Health Organization recommend exclusive breastfeeding for the first six months of life and continued breastfeeding with the addition of appropriate solid food for the first year and beyond. If you do the math, a year of breastfeeding equated to a conservative estimate of 1,800 hours of a mother's time. For reference, a full-time 40 hour a week with three weeks vacation comes in at 1,960 hours of work time. For anyone out there who has not yet had a baby, the idea of breastfeeding seems pretty straightforward. You have a baby, your breasts make milk, you put baby on said breasts, and they drink milk. Voila! And for anyone out there that has had a baby, the reality of breastfeeding is more complicated. I constantly think of the comedian Ali Wong's Netflix special when she discusses breastfeeding. She says, I didn't take any classes on breastfeeding because I just assumed it was going to be this very easy, intuitive thing where the baby sucks on your nipple like a straw, But apparently, you have to get the baby to latch at a very specific angle. You need to tilt their head and do geometry to get them on properly. And every time I would do it, it was like parallel parking. I didn't know how I did it. It's a mystery. I was never properly trained, but I just did it. Moms are told that breast is best. We're told that breast milk is superior to formula. We're told that breastfeeding is the ultimate connection between you and your baby. But what if it's not? What if you can't breastfeed? What if you don't want to? What if you are working in a hospital setting where you aren't with your baby or have the ability to pump when you need to? Today, we'll hear a story from a few different Vituity providers on their own experiencing breastfeeding, pumping, and trying to feed small babies while working in a hospital setting. Breastfeeding is unique to each mother, and everyone's story is different. These are their stories. 
Hi, I'm Carissa Hotaria, PA, in the emergency room for the past 13 years. I am also a mom of eight awesome kids. My oldest is 16 and my youngest is two. My most difficult time with breastfeeding was when I was in PA school, my first year of PA school. And unfortunately, the program I attended was not supportive of having children. And I would have had to redo my entire first year had I taken time off to be with the baby. And so it was very tough, but I did return back to school when my son was only two weeks of age. When I did return back, I was not able to pump secondary to the way that that school was run. And so I had to escape into the bathroom whenever I could to manually express my breasts into a toilet in the bathroom stall. I would say after this experience, none of my experiences with breastfeeding have been as difficult or as hard. I can remember also when my fourth child was born, I had just returned back from maternity leave. We were experiencing a very bad flu season and our hospital that I was working at actually went into an internal disaster mode because of the huge influx of patients that we were seeing, which meant that all hands were on deck in the ER and nobody could go home until the situation was better. Well, I had spent already several hours overtime there and over 12 hours there when I finally begged and pleaded to go home as I had pumped already several times on my shift and my three-month-old was waiting for me at home. Another experience I can remember is when I worked in another emergency department where we didn't have an assigned area where we could breastfeed. And I remember there's only a curtain that separated me between the door that opened into the area of where my breasts were exposed. Uh, however, I, I was very lucky because I really never got walked in on, except for the one day when I did get walked in on uh, by one of the male physicians I worked with. Uh, thankfully, he didn't walk in beyond the curtain, but uh, got to share the sound of my breast pump. I will say though, the breast pumps have come a long way from when I first started. Uh, that one that I was using then was actually quite loud because it's a lot, um, it was a lot older. And lastly, I, I can't forget the L&D nurses that have helped me at the different hospitals I've worked at when I have been in need of a piece that I accidentally forgot at home and would have went a whole long shift without being able to pump. They saved me. Thank you. Hi there, this is Nikki Braxley. I'm a medical director at Mercy San Juan in the emergency department. We're just outside of Sacramento, California. I have two girls. My girls are now five and seven, but my second one was born right about the time that I accepted a job as a medical director. It was my first medical director role and it was really important to me that I was successful and the site was failing. So it was a really tough job. We were super short-staffed. When I started, I had a toddler. She had just turned two years old. And my second one was about five months old. And I was pretty psychotic about wanting to breastfeed for as long as possible. But I was working about 17 or 18 shifts a month, most of them overnights and weekends. I remember going about six weeks without having a day off. And all that while, I was breastfeeding as much as I possibly could. Pumping while at work is a whole nother story. But the story that I want to tell you today is about how I would work an overnight shift. I would come home and pass out for a couple of hours. And my husband would very gently tap me on the shoulder. I would roll halfway over, and he would put the baby on a boob. And then I'd pass back out for about 20 minutes. He'd come back in, tap me on the shoulder. I'd roll over to my other side, and he would put the baby on the second boob. 20 minutes later, he'd come in, take the baby away, and then I'd go back to sleep for the rest of the day. 
And we would do that about two times during the times that I was sleeping during the day, just so that we can continue to work on breastfeeding. It was really hard, but totally worth it. And I don't think I would have done it any other way. My name is Sarah Ju, and I am a product manager at Vituity. I have two small children, so breastfeeding and pumping is still very fresh in my mind. Uh, my children are three and a half and 11 months old. When I think of breastfeeding and being a working parent, my mind immediately goes to pumping. It seemed like it was this skill that I had to learn, and it's so intense for such a short period of time. When I was pumping at work, I was lucky enough to have a dedicated space to pump in a pretty nice room. And there were about three or four other moms who were pumping at the same time as I was who had new children. And it was like we were all ships in the night where we would do the same act in this room and we would never really see each other. But the evidence of us being there was in the refrigerator with our milk. And I was thinking it was so strange and a little bit sad, or I had a lot of strange feelings about it, that in what other part of your life do you have this body fluid from you where you're leaving it in a semi-public space? I haven't really had a forum to share this strange thought, but this seemed like the perfect place. And I wonder if anybody else has ever had this thought before. Being one of these people that likes to multitask and do things to be more efficient, what could be better than hands-free breast pumping? This is what I would do after my ER shifts on my way home when I knew my baby was already asleep and could not be woken up lest the entire family stay up for hours. I would take my hands-free setup into the car and get going. Specifically, I had a bra that had cutouts where your nipples would stick out. Before I put the bra on, I slipped an inverted plastic funnel, this piece that went with my breast pump, over my nipples, and then zipped up the bra. Think kind of like Barbarella or some scene maybe from Austin Powers, but instead of bullets coming out of the tips, milk came out. I'd hook it up to the breast pump, and then I had this awesome car charger, no need for a battery. This is the olden days. Plug that in. And then once that was set up, I would just pop my scrub top over the front so people really couldn't see what was happening unless, of course, a tall truck happened to be driving by and see these little bottles of milk that were filling up underneath the top of my scrubs. That is a very, very salient moment uh, and memory I have of the breastfeeding days post late evening shifts coming home. There's one more expression that has stuck with me to this day that I remember about breastfeeding. I have two kids. It happened more with my first child. And part of that was learning curve, I'm guessing, or things like that. But I remember initially it was extremely painful. I likened him latching onto me as my nipples being like, imagine you take a cheese grater and you rub that over across your nipples. That was what the sensation felt like. It took about uh, five days, maybe even 10, for that to go completely away, and it did. And it didn't recur with my second kiddo. But I definitely have a lot of sympathy for people who have pain when they are breastfeeding their children. I too am a mom. 
My kids are older now, but I remember going through the same emotional roller coaster that is breastfeeding. How does anyone ever drink enough water? Is it too early to call a lactation consultant? Am I a bad mom? Good moms should know how to do this. Of course, it's not about good moms or bad moms, but our brains can't compute that. My favorite quote is, whoever said the brain was the strongest force in the human body clearly never had ovaries. All your brain is telling you is that as a mom, we should be able to breastfeed our babies. In my own experience, both my kids had a great latch, but I had a poor supply. So that meant pumping. The godforsaken pump. I pumped with both kids, but the second time around, I pumped a lot. Mostly because it was hard to breastfeed my infant while running around after my toddler. I vividly remember a morning at home where my toddler took a poop on the potty and I wiped his butt while my infant was attached to my breast. And who says parenting isn't glamorous? My time was more divided the second time around and pumping allowed me to be more flexible. I've pumped at home and in the mommy room at work, but also in cabs, in airports, on airplanes, in the middle seat between two men, twice, in the back of conference rooms and the most luxurious of places, public bathrooms. I've pumped at bachelorette parties, girls trips, and weddings. I've carted breast milk around everywhere, packed with ice packs, hoping my 30 minutes of work doesn't go to waste. I've had hotels lug in mini fridges for me to store my milk in. I've kept bags of milk in restaurant fridges. And I've asked for ice on airplanes to refill my Ziploc bag of now tepid water that was keeping things cold. Can I get a glass of ice, please? Yes, just ice. You know what? Vodka on the side. At the six and a half month mark with both of my kids, I unplugged the pump for the last time. My kids have been combo feeding, formula and breast milk, since four months, and I was ready to wrap things up on the breastfeeding front. You might say, but what about the data? What about your doctor, the AAP and the WHO? I did look at the data, and one of my favorite people who also took a hard look at the data is economist Emily Oster. Oster has a long list of accolades, her PhD in economics from Harvard holding firm at the top of that list, and has written three data-backed books on pregnancy and parenting. Her second book, Crib Sheet, discusses the data around breastfeeding specifically, but it wasn't the data that supported or didn't support breastfeeding that I found most compelling. Instead, it was her notion of reminding us that data is only one piece of the puzzle. She writes, data is an input, but so are preferences. Too often, we focus on the benefits at the expense of thinking about the costs. But benefits can be overstated and costs can be profound. The data is the same for all of us, but the decisions are yours alone. Breastfeeding, as I noted earlier, is a full-time job. And I already had a full-time job. Supporting my family and my work was more important than supporting my family via my breast milk. Lugging around my pump, carting my milk back and forth, and taking time away from my desk three times a day wasn't worth it for me or my family. My oldest child starts kindergarten in two weeks, and I always joke that on the first day of school, no one's going to ask him to stand up and tell the class if he was breastfed or formula-fed. Hopefully, what they'll see instead is a five-year-old that comes from a family who loves him. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. As we learned today, the breastfeeding journey is complicated, unpretentious, maybe messy, and ultimately personal. The decision you decide to make 
breastfeed, pump, formula feed, that decision is yours and yours alone. During the month of August, let's applaud all parents for feeding their babies. Full stop. Thank you to these incredible doctors for sharing their stories with us, to the team at Vituity for their support of this podcast, to Marco Gonzalez, our sound engineer, and to all of you for listening. I'm Melissa, and this is Real Talk. Want to connect with the Real Talk podcast or record your story with us? Start at realtalk.transistor.fm, or you can follow the link in the show notes for this episode.